Welcome to the Every Woman Network podcast, a chance for you to engage with some fresh ideas for you and your career development. In this episode, you'll hear from Every Woman expert Sharon Anadra on how to be more resilient at work. Sharon is a positive psychology coach and is the founder of Humanity Works Consultancy and helps create healthier workplaces by tackling burnout amongst staff. Have you ever wondered why some people can deal with challenges better than others? In this session, Sharon will explore how we can all become more emotionally tough, agile and brave in our lives. Over to you, Sharon. Let me ask you something. Do you follow a friend or an influencer on Instagram or Facebook who's got like a a picture perfect life? You know, whenever you log on and you see their pictures, you know, her and her family, they look so happy. She's doing really well in her personal life, in her professional life. She's really grateful for the, all the opportunities that she gets. She, um, every time you see any of the pictures, her family looks really happy. She looks really happy. Their teeth are always really white. Um, they're always all looking at the camera exactly the right time. The hair looks good. You know, everything's going really, really well for this person. Now, let me ask you another question here. Have you ever found yourself not liking that person very much? It is important to understand actually what happens when we have these kind of thoughts. So if, for example, when you're looking at that other person and you're thinking, you know, why do they have all the luck? Why is their life looking so good? You know, If you do have those kinds of thoughts, you know, even though you might be thinking, well, so what if I have those thoughts? So what if I roll my eyes, you know, when I see that person's pictures? The truth is that actually is costing you something. In fact, researchers have found that when we envy our friends or colleagues, that can lead to depression in the long run. And in actual fact, the more and more that we spend our time in that kind of negative thinking, it makes us less resilient to stress, it makes us more prone to burnout and more prone to mental health issues in the long run. So actually having those kind of negative thoughts on an ongoing basis really do affect our psychological fitness. And in fact, there are three main destructive beliefs that stop us from being psychologically fit in our lives. And we need to become aware of what those three types of destructive beliefs are so that we can actually do something about it. So here is the first category of destructive belief, an unhealthy belief about ourselves. So if you catch yourself saying things like, why do these things happen to me? So if something happens in your life, something that you're not happy about, or perhaps a series of things happens to you and you think, why do these things keep happening to me? Why is it always me that has difficulties? Why am I the one that has to deal with these challenges? Why is this always happening to me in my life? That's an unhealthy belief about yourself. A second one, why do I have to deal with this? So do you often find yourself saying things like, why am I the one that has to have the hard conversations? Why am I the one that's always policing the behaviors? Why am I always having to be the bad guy? Why is these things happening to me? The third one, My life is so unfair. I'm so unlucky. So many things have happened to me. And actually, it's not fair that they have. You know, other people have all of the luck and I seem to be the unlucky one. 
if you notice there's a pattern in those statements, right? Because you're actually seeing yourself as a victim. And it's really hard to do something about your life when you're throwing yourself the mother of all pity parties. The second group of unhealthy beliefs is unhealthy belief about others or other situations that are forcing you to act in a certain way. So for example, if you hear yourself saying things like, I have to work late, I have no choice. In that moment, when you say those things to yourself, you are completely disempowering yourself. And again, it keeps you in that victim status. My mother-in-law drives me crazy. Your mother-in-law may well be perhaps not the nicest person out there. That's kind of neither here nor there at this point. The point is, is that you're giving all the power over to your mother-in-law by saying she drives you crazy because you're allowing her to have the control in that relationship. Is she someone you want to give control over to? I have no time for that. I'm swamped. That's another unhealthy belief about situations in our lives. Because actually, when we say those things to ourselves, again, we're disempowering ourselves. We're giving us power over to the situations in our lives, to the work that we have that's coming in. When we tell ourselves that we have no choice, that we're swamped, that unhealthy belief about that situation is actually, again, disempowering ourselves. And again, it means that we have no control. The third category of unhealthy beliefs, unhealthy beliefs about the world. So, for example, I've worked my ass off. I deserve success. Why is that? Is there some kind of karmic thing that you believe in the universe that is going to come back to you? Why? What is, what is fueling that? Is that really true? The next one, I have no control. It's just out of my hands. Okay, maybe in some situations there are elements of the situation that are out of your control. But is it true that the entire situation is out of your control? And the more you say those kind of things, the more you disempower yourself. The final one, the world is a dark place. The whole world is a dark place. Are there some elements that actually aren't that dark? Are there, is there a gray area here? Actually, when we are thinking those things and we're thinking those absolute terms, again, we're robbing ourselves of the opportunity to actually do something about it. How often do these three types of beliefs creep into your head? Actually, when we have these negative beliefs and they're creeping into our head, whether it's sometimes, whether it's often, or whether it's always, actually, every time those kind of beliefs are coming into our heads, they are making us psychologically unfit. And this is really, really important for us to know, because actually we need to address these things. And one of the reasons why we need to do this is in your darkest moments, you are going to need all of the psychological fitness that you can muster. If you listen to Amy Morin's TED Talk on mental toughness, she'll share with you the story about how a few months after her mom dying, her young husband suddenly dropped dead, you know, and it really, really shook her. And actually she had very little psychological fitness to deal with difficult things. We've all gone through difficult moments, and I'm sure many of you will have gone through challenges in your life, and there are lots more to come. So actually, if we don't have a reservoir of fitness, psychological fitness, when those difficult times happen in our lives, we don't have the ability to be able to deal with it. It takes us much longer to bounce back or bounce forward, however you want to define resilience. And the thing is, is that we are told a lot of the time that in order to develop this psychological fitness, we need to develop good habits. 
things like gratitude, things like meditating, things like journaling. And while all those things are really good things to do, they're really good habits to develop. Alone, they won't work. If we really want to develop psychological fitness, we need to practice the good habits, but we also need to let go of those bad mental habits. So those bad negative thought patterns that are creeping up in your mind, we need to really minimize those as much as possible. Because here's the thing, if you, for example, your goal was to get physically fit, okay, you would go to the gym, say, for example, you do some form of exercise, but that wouldn't be enough alone, right? You would have to stop eating junk food or have to stop eating unhealthy food to do to achieve that level of fitness. And it's the same with psychological fitness. Sharon has explored unhealthy beliefs and how becoming aware of them is the first step in stopping them. Next, Sharon explores thinking traps different thought patterns that trap us in a negative space. Back to you, Sharon. So the first one, minimising or catastrophizing. So do you ever hear yourself, you know, when something difficult has happened to you or something that actually has hurt you, but outwardly you say things like, it's not a big deal, so what, we'll just move on. But actually what you're doing then is minimising your feelings. Catastrophizing. Are you someone that goes to the worst case scenario straight away? So a presentation doesn't go well, and you're like, "That's it. That's the end of it. That's the end of me. I'm definitely not going to be. Um, I'm, I'm not going to keep. I'm not going to be keeping this job. They're definitely going to fire me over this." Second one, your mental filters. Do you notice failures but not successes? I worked for two hours on that presentation. I didn't f- finish it. That's you know, I failed at that. Well, actually, maybe you got 80% done, there's only 20% left. So you didn't actually fail, you're just not quite there yet. Oversimplifying. So do you often catch yourself with very black or white thinking? So do you hear yourself saying things like, well, she's a really great boss, and I'm terrible at leadership, or she's a really great mother, I'm not a good mother, you know, there's no nuance in that, there's no perspective. The next one, labeling. So do you label yourself in certain ways? you know what, I'm not a good communicator. I've never been good at that. I've never been good at, it, at talking to other children. Or I've never been good at talking to other people. All or nothing. So this is perfectionism versus failure. You know, I, 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 tr- I spent all that time working on, you know, preparing for this task and actually it didn't get done or it didn't get done well. So actually that thing is a failure. Responsibility shifts. Do you find yourself personalizing thing or blaming other people so blaming an example of that would be um if that person wasn't rude to me then I wouldn't have been rude back okay well what responsibility are you taking within that Uh, are you personalizing things so um they haven't replied to my emails so that must mean that they don't respect me well that's perhaps the height of egotism because perhaps that person was just really busy Jumping to conclusions, mind reading versus fortune telling. So, for example, um, uh, I they haven't replied to my emails, so I think that they don't value me. Well, how do you know what they think? Fortune telling. They didn't reply to my emails, so actually, I think that they are never really going to think much of me. Well, that's you're never going to. They can't really know that. You can't predict other people's behaviours. Over generalizations. Never, always, and all. I've never been good at that thing. I'm always overlooked for promotions. It's all about the other person. It's never about me. Necessity, should, have to, must. I should stay late and get that done. I have to stay at work till midnight to be able to get the recognition. Emotional reasoning. I feel X, so I must be Y. I feel embarrassed, so I must have really messed up that presentation. 
There's no correlation between the two. You can feel embarrassed, but that doesn't mean that you messed up the presentation. Sharon has highlighted some of the most common thinking traps and unhealthy beliefs that reduce our psychological fitness. Next, she'll take us through an exercise to stop these thinking traps. In order to develop that psychological fitness, we need to start to challenge our beliefs. And so what I'm going to take you through here is a cognitive reframing exercise. So what I want you to do is I want you to think about a challenge that you are facing. Because what we want to do is we want to challenge the beliefs that you have about what's happening in that challenge. I'm going to give you an example so to help you to kind of talk you through this. So let's say you made a presentation the other week. It just didn't go as well as you were hoping it did. And you also feel like the reaction that you got from your manager, the feedback was unhelpful. And that's made you feel bad. You don't feel good inside about what's happened. You feel disappointed. So there's a lot going on here. So what we want you to what we want you to do then once you've identified the challenges, we want you to identify your thinking traps. So say, for example, in this case, you know, is the person having some black or white thinking? That presentation didn't go as well as I expected. I've never been good at presentations. That would be a thinking trap. Um, my manager didn't give me the feedback that I wanted. She doesn't respect me. Again, that's a thinking trap. You've gone from feeling bad to making a factual statement. You don't know that she doesn't think well of you, but that's something that you believe about yourself because that presentation in your own mind perhaps didn't go well. Maybe it actually didn't go well, but that doesn't mean that those other thoughts are true. So we want to start getting into those thinking traps and identifying the ones that are coming up for you because that's really important. The next stage is we want to identify the emotion. So this is called affect labeling. So when we feel bad and our fight or flight mode is activated because we're feeling stressed about the situation that we're in, we want to take ourselves into the cognitive part of our brain. That doesn't mean we don't want to ignore the emotions, but we want to acknowledge them. So write down exactly the emotions you're feeling. You might be feeling a variety of them. You might be feeling anxious. You might be feeling angry. You might be feeling frustrated. You might be feeling sad. It doesn't matter what they are. Get them down on a bit of paper. Write out what you're feeling. I feel angry because I feel frustrated because I know I could have done better. I feel anxious because I'm worried about what this is going to mean for my career. I feel um, angry with my manager because I think she could have done a better job of actually giving me some more helpful feedback. Whatever that those feelings are, get them down and then rate them on a scale of one to 10. We want to find out where you are when you start the exercise versus where you are when you finish the exercise. So now this is about disputing the thoughts. So this is really, really important. Here are some key questions you can ask yourself. So if you're saying things like, I know that um, um, I didn't make a good presentation. And so I think my manager didn't give me good feedback because she doesn't value me. Okay. How do you specifically know that? Who has said that to you? Is it just because you've got some feedback that you weren't happy with? That doesn't mean that she thinks that she doesn't value you. Um, one of the other thoughts you might have is, okay, that presentation didn't go well. I really need to change the game here, which means I'm going to have to stay late in order to claw back some of that respect. Who's forcing you to do that? The situation, yourself? What happens if you don't do that? Okay, what happens if you don't stay late and try to claw back some of this alleged respect that you think you've lost? What are perhaps some other ways that you might be able to 
show your value or be able to demonstrate that in another way. Again, what if you think this is the end of the world? So the presentation didn't go well. I don't think I'm ever going to get a promotion out of this, right? Um, things are not going well for me. What are the chances that that will happen? What is the best, most likely worst thing that could happen? Okay, worst case scenario, you'd never get a promotion. I mean, that's still pretty severe. So worst case scenario is you're not going to get the next promotion. What's the most likely thing that's going to happen? Actually, you could turn things around. You could demonstrate your value and you could be back, you know, in the running. What's the best case? Actually, none of those things that you thought were entirely true. And actually, you are going to be up for a promotion. You know, there are different ways that we can think about the situation. Or perhaps one of the thoughts you've had is, is that you've never been good at promotions. You're always getting overlooked. You've never been good at presentations. Sorry, you're always getting overlooked. Always, never. Can you find the counterintuitive? If you find, can't find the counterintuitive by yourself, do you have a trusted friend, a mentor, advisor, someone that you can go and talk to to help you to bring some perspective back into these thought patterns you're having? Okay, I feel, therefore, I'm X. I feel embarrassed, therefore, I must have done a bad job. How is having that thought pattern benefiting you right now? What is it costing you? You know, is it benefiting you to think those things? Because for some people, having those thoughts actually benefit them because it makes them think, right, I'm going to go and prove everyone wrong. Not by staying till midnight to get work done, by the way, but it actually motivates them. But for many people, it's costing us. It's costing us that um, peace of mind. It's costing us the ability to be able to turn around situations. Another good way to challenge the thoughts is if a friend or colleague was thinking this way, what would you say to them? We are almost always our own harshest critics, particularly for women. So actually, is there something we can say to ourselves that we would say to a friend that would help us to shift that? And another way to kind of put things into perspective is, will this situation matter in X months or years? This one presentation that didn't go well, this one set of unhelpful feedback, how important is this going to be in the long run? And actually, most of the time, it isn't. So again, these are really, really important ways that you can challenge the unhealthy thought patterns. Now we want to start moving the thoughts into something that can be helpful. So for example, in the situation I've given you, perhaps your manager didn't realize that she hurt your feelings. Maybe she was having a bad day that day that she gave you the feedback. And perhaps actually that feedback was more about her than it is actually about you. And maybe this, is a this isn't a failure. It's a massive redirection about where you want to spend your energy and your thoughts. It's a redirection about how perhaps you want to, you know, start putting together presentation. Perhaps it's a redirection in the way that you want to think about how these things are happening to you in your life. What are the other rational thoughts that you can bring in here that will help you to stay focused? And now after having gone through that exercise, we want you to re-rate your emotions. So go back to the emotions that you felt at the beginning and ask yourself, on a scale of one to 10, how angry am I feeling? How frustrated? How fed up am I? How sad do I feel? You know, has those, have those numbers gone down? That's what we really want to start to see here. That actually, as your fitness levels go up psychologically, as the thoughts hold less power over you, are your emotions, those negative emotions, are they starting to come down a bit? Because actually, when that happens, you're in a much better position to be able to 
take control back in your life and actually change the things that are happening to you. And in order for us to start to become more psychologically fit, it's really important that we actually pay attention to the internal narrative or that kind of self-talk that we have in our minds, because that's when you can start to actually understand your negative thought patterns and you can actually start to identify maybe some things need changing in these thought patterns. So in order for us to be psychologically fit, we've got to create different thinking patterns than the ones that our minds are very, very familiar with. Because actually, if we don't do that, we're going to remain psychologically unfit. So here are some key takeaways for all of you. There are three main un unhealthy beliefs that reduce our psychological fitness. That's unhealthy beliefs about ourselves, unhealthy beliefs about other people, unhealthy beliefs about the world. Psychological fitness is not just about having positive habits. Yes, practice the gratitude and the journaling and all of those things, they are great. But it's equally a second part of it is around challenging the unhealthy thought patterns that we have in our minds. And when we can become aware of those thinking traps and when we practice challenging them on a more regular basis, the more our psychological fitness levels will go up. So imagine just like you go to the gym or do exercise classes to get physically fit. It's the same. Do these exercises on a regular basis so that you can start to build up that reservoir of psychological fitness. The truth is we all have the ability to be able to be psychologically fit. So don't wait until something terrible happens in your life to build up that reservoir. A prevention now strategy is key. So you can face life and career challenges with all of the psychological fitness that you are definitely going to need in your life. That was Sharon and Aja on how to become more psychologically fit. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Every Woman Network podcast. Continue your career journey on the Every Woman Network by logging into your personal dashboard at www.everyman.com.